Hello and welcome to episode six of One Chance, the podcast where we try and capture the experience of listening to a record that we've not heard before in its entirety for the first time. Each week, Sean and I, independently of each other, listen to a record that neither of us knows once all the way through and then we get together on this podcast and we chat about what we thought about it. Um, Sean, how can people support the podcast? Hey, um, yeah, so the best way to support the podcast is to subscribe on Apple Music or Spotify or, or wherever you listen to your podcast, but those are the main two. Um, review the podcast, leave us, like, rate the podcast, all of those things that everyone always asks you to do. Um, really, the main thing is to share it with friends and family um, or enemies if you really hate it and want people to suffer through listening to us. But yeah, just share it, help us out, um, and hopefully, hopefully people will enjoy it. Fantastic. I said at the beginning it was episode six. I think it is, but um, brilliant. I'm getting the nod from Sean. Fantastic. So those of you that have listened to the previous five episodes will know that this is the bit where we introduce you to our musical tastes, but rather than telling you ourselves what our musical tastes are like, we introduce the other persons. Sean, I think I went first last week. Do you want to go first this week? Yeah, I can go first. Um I, I'd struggled a little bit with this week's one and then came up with one that I, I I found quite funny and hopefully other people and you will find funny. If not, I apologize. Um so I would describe Will's music taste as like taking cocaine and alternative silent disco and accidentally switching channels without realizing it. <laughs> what an image. Um I would describe Sean's musical taste as the soundtrack to an incredibly hungover gym session. Um, and it's the kind of music that you'd be putting on to try and lull your body into thinking that it was energized and ready for this. Uh, the sort of saccharine sweet pop punk and uh, grinding brutality of, of, of the metal side of his um, musical tastes, hopefully shocking your body into some semblance of energy. Oh, Will, it's like we've been friends for a long time and you know what I do <laughs> with my spare time. <laughs> it's just drink beer and work out. Yeah. Um, brilliant. So this is the point now where um, you get to find out what record we've listened to this week. And um, yeah, Sean, I will pass over to you to tell us what record the two of us have been listening to this week. Awesome. Yeah. So today we will be talking about the third studio albums from a New Orleans based glam punk outfit called Special Interest. Uh, the band originally formed as a two piece in 2015 with the, the plan to play a single basement show. Um, they set up with a 70s drum machine and some power tools to create background for singer Ali Logout's piercing vocals. Uh, after all, they added two new members and released two full-length records and a remix version of their second album the the third album which we'll be talking about today was released earlier this month and received critical acclaim so today we're going to give our one chance review of endure by special interest fantastic um, I am quite hesitant, I've got to be uh, brutally honest at this point. As I've mentioned previously, we really have no idea, or rather we don't let each other into how how we found the records. 
I have a sneaking suspicion that this one might not have been to Sean's taste. Um, I'm also starting to notice a worrying hit rate where the records where we're unanimously really in favour of them tend to be Sean's suggestions. And mine, mine seem to either be more divisive or just ones that we're collectively less keen on. So um, I don't know what that says about me. Um, but here we go. I'll be really interested to hear what Sean made of the record. I really enjoyed it. But as I was listening to it, I was thinking... I was also listening to it with your head on as well. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what you make of it. It's interesting you describe them as a glam punk band because I think, I can't remember whether that was on the Guardian review or um, the Pitchfork review. One of them described them using a similar epithet. I don't know if that's how the, the band had described themselves or what. I didn't know anything about special interest before picking this. I literally, I saw that they'd got a good review um, on in, in, in a few places. but um, And... I had seen a couple of brief things and thought, ah, oh, that sounds really interesting. I have to say the record that I listened to and pressed play on wasn't the one that I thought I was going to be getting from the very brief little snippets that, that I had seen, which is not to say that I thought it was a bad record by any means. I think it's one of the most interesting ones that I'd listened to this calendar year. Um, I think they would be an absolutely incredible live act and I will be keeping a uh, eyes very keenly um, on on the touring schedules if they do make it over this side of the pond. Um, I was there as I was listening to it, thinking it's very good that I'm listening to this with headphones on because I don't know about Sean, but I know Abby would absolutely hate this. And it, it's not easy music. There there are some elements to it that are a bit more engaging, but, but it's, it's not easy music. I mean, there are some people who just hear the word punk and think, oh my goodness, that's not going to be for me. But... I would say there's a lot of punk music that, that in comparison to this, um, is like listening to the most bubblegum of pop of, of pop music in comparison. It's at points quite atonal, it's highly abrasive throughout. Um, it draws on all sorts of genres not known for their sort of sense of melody or um taking the taking the, the listener on on an easy journey. And yet for all that, I just thought it was an incredibly compelling I don't know, I didn't even strike them as being that long maybe 35 minutes 40 minutes something like that I thought it was really compelling listen and one of those ones where I was like oh wow not what I was expecting not easy but certainly one I think I'm going to be going back to we'll get into more about that in a second but I've waffled in enough Sean and I'm awaiting with bated breath now um what, what was your experience of this record uh yeah interesting is how I would describe it um, it was, I say, when, when you sent to me, I read their little bio on Spotify and I was like, okay, this, this sounds very up my street. Like that's the sort of stuff I like. And there were, there were moments on this record I really enjoyed, um, and moments that I wished it was over. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they definitely are a, I think a niche listen, um, on record. I think live, like you say, I would, if I had seen these guys live first, I think I'd be a big fan and I would, if they were near me playing, I would definitely go check them out in like a bar show. Um, and I think they would be incredible live for me on record, like to take it back to how we say, like if I was in Woolworths when I was 12 and I'd spent my pocket money on this record, I would be livid <laughs> because the tracks that were good were really good. But I think there was a lot of stuff that I, that personally, it just grated on me a little bit. It, it just came across as noise. Um, which I like 
I really I'm making a real conscious effort to find the good in all the records we listened to and there were really good moments in this but there were also moments I just did not like at all I think that's fair enough um and and I think it's also worth me pointing out that whilst I think as a whole it does work as a record and I really liked it I think there are there are some more forgettable bits or some bits where it feels that this kind of they're giving the the formula or the formula is getting a little bit tired. They kind of work in that same formula. Um, um, I will, sorry, well, just to interrupt you, I will just say, like, talking about our choices, I would say that based on our choices so far, I do tend to pick the safer records. Like, this was out there, this was cool. And I think the people that like this really like it. And it is a, it is a much more interesting, fun experience that way. But I've definitely, I think, picked the, the safer, uh, safer records to be good. <laughs> Well, that's very noble of you to uh, to say that. Um, it's interesting, just as you were speaking, then I was thinking about, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before that, where you were talking about my music taste and you were using the analogy of the craft beer bar and uh, and you were saying, and sometimes you're going to get the weird frog spawn and something. And it feels like maybe that is what I've dished up this week, like a very unpalatable odd. Like for some people, they're going to be like perfect, but the majority maybe steer clear. Yeah. Um, let, you said that some moments really worked for you and some didn't. Should we start with what what moments or what aspects of the record you did like? Yeah, so the, the very first thing that I liked was Midnight Legend. So I got through those first three songs and I thought, oh God, like I knew it was about a 45 minute record and I was through the first three thinking, oh, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. And then uh, Midnight Legend came on and I was like, oh, okay this is how because actually this is a good band and they are they are trying to make these weird noises and like songs that you wouldn't share with your friends and stuff like that like and then i got to to uh midnight legend and was like do you know what this is a this is much more not i don't even know if it was necessarily what i expected but i'm very glad it was on the record like it had a a little bit of like a not a sing-along vibe but it had more of like a if it came on at an alternative music night, you probably wouldn't know what it was, but you would enjoy it. You wouldn't have everyone going out for a cigarette break. Yeah, it's, re- it's really interesting. I have thought of the, of the songs that would be less up your street on the record. This would be one of them. Um, I, I, I actually didn't, didn't necessarily think this would be one of the ones he likes. It's like one of the much sort of softer. It's got like those sort of house music type kind of synth chords at the beginning and like the sort of ambient noise of people kind of chatting it sounds like it could be the start of some slightly um kind of naff like dance pop kind of record um and it's much slower and more melodic than than a lot of the other tracks it's got quite a sort of slinky kind of almost phil collins sounding like bass line to it um but so that's really interesting. And I did really enjoy it, but I, I was like, oh gosh, I really don't think this is going to be Sean's cup of tea. So it's it's fascinating that actually you've pegged that as the one as the first one that really made you go, Oh, actually, no, I do quite like this. Yeah, I think I have as a whole a very broad, like there are stuff that I really enjoy, but like there are weird things that I also really like, like songs like this, where like like you say, like I don't know people would necessarily send this to me and be like, You're like this, but 
like when I hear songs like this, I just enjoyed it. And I, I do want to backtrack. I actually really liked about the first five to 10 seconds of Cherry Blue Intention. I was like, oh, this is fun. This is off to a good start. And then it all went wrong for me on that track after the, it's got like the drum intro, hasn't it? Where it's like, I was like, okay, I'm ready for this. And then it didn't do what I was hoping it would do of a punk record. Ah, <laughs> uh, so that's really interesting. I, 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 I feel like, that is one of the songs. I think it's a decent song. I don't think it's a bad song. I think it's it doesn't feel it feels like it just doesn't get into that extra gear. But you're right. It starts with that sort of sample kind of like electronic drums, and then there's a sort of like funk punk kind of um, bass line comes in, which you get on a lot of the record. And I was sitting there going, "Oh, this is going to be brilliant." And then it just it feels like the song gets into a gear and just kind of stays there, and you're sort of waiting for it to really kick off. And and it and it doesn't really and it, and the lyrics seem to be this kind of sort of nihilistic kind of live fast die young thing. Um, they didn't really necessarily go anywhere. There was one actually line I really liked, and it was something about um, something fading in the air like cigarette traces, which I just thought was a really lovely little image. Like I really love in songs just little snapshot images like that that just kind of hang there. And so, and so I thought that was really good, but I thought as an opener it had a really like you say i think I, i'm kind of with you on that had a really promising start i don't think it totally died after that it just didn't quite go to the kind of the level that i was expecting um it is i guess over the record as a whole i mean the songs are different it's not just every song sounds the same but they've got a kind of formula i guess where there's that sort of the drums are all electronic or sort of sampled or processed or whatever and then you've got a vaguely different kinds of punky but all broadly sort of punky bass lines like sometimes they're like they sound like hardcore bass lines like there's a couple of songs where you like if you just took the bass line it could be like an early 80s I mean could almost sound like a sort of black flag record or something mm. then no the other ones that sound a bit more sort of post-punky you know you could be listening to like um joy joy division or something like that and then they as I said they're slightly sort of funky like sort of punk, funk kind of like could be um Gang of Four or something like that. Um, but they're all broadly within that. And then you've got these really weird... Some songs, they then stick quite poppy, like we talked about Midnight Legend. They stick that quite poppy kind of synthy stuff on the top. And then other songs, it's really like almost like Nine Inch Nails. It's like industrial, mm. just like noise or just screeches or like atonal piano bits. Um, it It's... Yeah, the, the parts is a bit of a Frankenstein's monster, and apologies to the listeners, that is definitely an analogy that we have used before on that podcast. We're revealing the the limits of our of our, of our, our vocabulary here, but it, it, you know the different parts of each song feel like they've kind of gone. We'll have a bit of this, we'll have a bit of this, we'll throw it all together. Mm. Will it work? And they all sort of teeter on this balance of they sound like they shouldn't be working, but they are kind of working at the same time, and there's something quite kind of thrilling and enjoyable about that i just want to jump in there and say i felt like the whole record had that sort of say again the frankenstein's monster vibe like i didn't feel like there was a track to track to track cohesion like i don't there there was nothing about track one that told me track three was off the same record or track six or track nine like i i must admit before i did my little bit of research i do to write the intro after i'd listened to this i thought it would be a band's first record they'd maybe had one ep before so to find out they've been around seven or eight years and release three albums i was like oh this is 
this is a weird third album like just seemed to be trying lots of different stuff and like i'll be completely honest i did not go back and listen to any of the other stuff because i did not enjoy enough of this to to spend any more time trying to find other songs i liked but it, it came across to me like like a band trying to find themselves which isn't normally a third record thing normally the third record for for bands is where they've settled into a sound and then four or five they start to experiment again but yeah i don't i don't know if you felt that i just i felt like there was a lot of disconnect and like you said there was like it is a drum i think it's a drum machine they use or a drum sampler they use not actual drums and they've obviously got lots of synths and stuff like that so there is like a an underlying connection through the record but i think that's more accident than intent it, it yeah it seemed like like a band of wanted to write a bunch of songs that they really want to write and with no real regard for what they do as a record um i don't know if you agree yeah or not, but... i think i think for me what ties it together there's like a, there is a, an energy going through it all i could mm. say every every track's got that similar energy there's this sort of um even on the more tune whether it's the more tuneful melodic bits or the the really abrasive and, and there are some songs here we like there is a total absence of melody here um but they've all got a similar kind of energy that sort of defiant slightly furious um almost like this is a gang against the world kind of energy um and that, that's what i was talking about before I, I think they would maybe collectively make more sense live like yeah. I think there's always something it is a very immediate record, but I think there's always something lost when you put stuff onto a record like that. And I think this is a this is a collection of songs and possibly a band that would would make most sense in 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 the in the live setting. And I think about they are a band that would really feed off the audience and the audience would feed off them. I think, like you say, some sort of sweaty club show with yeah. them would be absolutely incredible. Um and like as much as I enjoyed sitting and listening to this. It's not a record I'd listen to while I was driving, or there'd be times where I'm sitting again. I'm, I'm just not. I'm just not in the mood for this. Um, whereas I think, I think in the live setting, it would be, it would be brilliant. Um, you talked about Midnight Legend being a track you enjoyed. Were there any other tracks that did work for you before we get onto ones that sort of you didn't think worked so well? Yeah, I am. Um, I liked Kurdish Radio. Uh, I liked Impulse Control. I liked Concern in Peace, and I liked about the first three minutes of la blues maybe even the first four minutes before it it sort of slipped into a repetitiveness um la blues is that what it's called i haven't actually got it in front the of the final song on the record yeah yeah it's about eight, yeah. eight or nine minutes long and it's the first half that i really like i really liked i liked the interlude like the interlude was for me the first real like melodic bit of that whole album one song before the end and then i liked the first few minutes of la blues and yeah they, i say Looking back, there were more moments I enjoyed than I thought, but the stuff I think it's because of how much the stuff I didn't like I found almost unlistenable that it it sort of tarnished the bits I did like. Fair enough. I think it's interesting as you're saying that, and as I'm reflecting back, I think the second half of the record is much stronger than the first yeah. half of the record. For me, the tracks that really worked—you've mentioned a load of them there. I think Kurdish Radio really works. I think My Displeasure. Actually, you didn't mention that, but I really like. I mean, basically, Kurdish radio to the end. I think it all works. Yeah. Um. I think there's a real. It feels like they really hit their groove. There is a bit more consistency between the songs. The songs seem less throwaway. Lyrically, it feels like they really get into a groove of 
you know, it's quite political. It's quite sloganeering. It's not it. It's not necessarily like nuanced political commentary, but nor is it vacuous and inane. Yeah. Um, and and it and it and it feels like they're just really getting to this kind of groove on that second half of the record. Um, yeah. As I say, the only reason I didn't mention my displeasure was because I didn't want to just list tracks through eleven. But it is really that, isn't it? It's the Midnight Legend is a decent song, but it is really like Kurdish radio comes in it's it's a bit different again it's got like a like a slightly different sound again and then from my displeasure on i feel like it becomes a punky p for three songs like yeah. my displeasure in post control concerning peace to me are like like a really good local punky p um and everything sort of before that is a bit yeah a bit throwaway like you say a bit i don't really know but it doesn't feel like the same the same passion and energy has gone into the first half of the record as it has the second half. It, I think I think it's interesting. They fe- it feels like in the first half of the record, it feels a little bit more like the work of like an art band. Mm. Like it's 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 less emotional, less emotionally invested. It's more like there's a bit of distance there. It's a kind of it's like head scratcher music, and it feels like in the second half of the the album where the lyrics become perhaps a bit more personal perhaps a bit more angry a bit more political it feels like we move away from that sort of mm. art band head scratchy kind of music in into to music that actually does connect on an emotional level yeah um, it's it's a bit like you have to earn the good songs like a, it feels a bit like as we're talking like they've they've written this like horrific like industrial like like I want to call it noise core, but it's not even really noise core. It's it's just noise. And once you get through that, you get the earnest, like passionate punk record that you came there for. Um, which is uh, whether that's intentional or not, and it's not what I thought on my first listen. It's what I've thought as we've sat and talked about it a little bit more. That 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 is what sort of comes across to me is actually, yeah, like I had to get through some songs that I didn't enjoy to find ones that I did. I'm assuming you didn't enjoy Foul. No. Oh God. I think that was the one that was so like Cherry Blue Intention, I say, was a bit of a letdown. Herman's House was was fine, but nothing. And then that one came on. That was the song I remember thinking, well, I have got another like 35 minutes of this. What is going on here? I nearly text you and said, could we not have just listened to Bjork? And uh, th- But then, like I said, the Midnight Legend was, was a better song. And I think possibly I enjoyed Midnight Legend more than I would have done in in a vacuum because i was like oh my god what have i just listened to oh okay this is nice which which if it's intentional is very clever for them to do like it breaks that noise down into makes it more palatable but yeah foul was a was foul i think is yeah. is the that was the moment where i was sitting there thinking i'm really i i did actually really like foul but i will appreciate that it is weird not particularly pleasing music to listen to like it starts off with this like I think it's like oh, this horrible sort of feedback sound, and then you get mm. this really atonal grinding bass. The vocals are really low down in the mix, which, to be fair, they are on a lot of the record. Yeah. Like I, I haven't made as many notes this time um, on on the lyrics because actually, in a lot of the places, it's really hard to work out, and and that seems like a conscious decision to to make them down there. It's almost like 
they're making you work hard. They're like, actually, no, you, you're going to have to work to work to listen. This is not an easy experience and, yeah. and making it the, the, the lyrics hard to make out. So I think on subsequent listens, that is something that I'll look at more. But yeah, the l- lyrics really lay down in the mix and it is kind of grinding and seemingly tuneless. And then you get this weird call and response from like, different female voices, which is sort of this weird mixture of like something out of a hardcore record and then also those like, harmonizing kind of 60s girl groups um i liked it but yeah i was sitting there thinking this is this is a, this is a song with nisha peel i can absolutely guarantee that sean is uh is not enjoying this at all um i think yeah i think it's interesting that both of us have identified that the second half of the record is really getting to their film i think it's really interesting they sort of get into this they get into this groove of combining kind of industrial, but I would say like the tune, more tuneful end of industrial sort of mm. nine inch nails in that like early to mid nineties kind of period where there's somehow this really massive mainstream band writing actually quite sort of tuneful, but still industrial kind of yeah. songs. A Kurdish radio actually almost starts off sounding a bit like that, or even like it be, could be a sort of kid A era radio head track but a lot of these songs have this kind of the drums and some of the other sort of sampled sounds sound like they could have come off a nine inch nails track yeah. then you got bass lines that feel like they could have come off various um there was one i think concerning peace and i know what i can't know well, impulse control maybe it had this almost like skate punk kind of bass to it so that you've got this weird sort of very punky bass kind of industrial drums and other, and other noises um and then slightly more anthemic kind of singing and choruses coming in and it feels like it really starts to click and work and like it's not that they're particularly melodic or tuneful but it feels a little bit less like they're holding the listener at arm's length there and making you work and a little bit like a little bit more like they're letting you in um and it, and, and yeah it, it feels like those ones work i'm interested as well though that you said that you liked am i imagining that you said you enjoyed interlude yeah which is fascinating because interlude is the one song on the record with no vocals it is it's the one song on the record with no bass in it and bass to me drums and bass and i don't mean drum and bass is in the sort of genre although there is one song where there is a kind of dmb kind of big yeah. drum beat at the beginning but like drums and bass are the like two defining instruments i think on this record for a record that sort of describes as being a punk record guitars are pretty minimal they're either absent or very low down in the mix or they're there to add a little bit of texture rather than mm. lead lines or or even sort of loads of rhythm um like drums and bass are the two things. So those those very digital protest kind of drum beats, and then that those bass lines we talked about. And so interludes really interesting. The, the vocals go, the bass goes, and it slows the pace down. It's this really, I mean, it's it's called interlude, and it very much feels like when you have got these really ruminative kind of thoughtful piano chords. This single booming sort of bass drum and this tinkly little like guitar line and it does build a little bit with the drums towards the end but it pretty much is just that and yeah. actually it acts as a bit of a palate cleanser but but not as a kind of you're not thinking about that song itself it's almost a space for you to reflect and digest what you've been taking in lyrically or musically or whatever on the songs before so it actually functions as quite a big and then sets you up for as you say that final eight minute song um what was it that you liked about interlude so it was this sounds 
I was trying to think of a less poncy and pretentious way to sound this and stuff, but <laughs> be like poncy and pretentious. Yeah, I'm going to be. It. Um, it was the the first point where so like I love like punk music, but I like punk music where I can tell they're good musicians, even if the the records they write are just like heavy, shouty, noisy stuff. When they're still good musicians, and through this record, I was questioning whether these guys are and girls are good musicians or if they're just making noise and saying it's intentional and so when a track like interlude comes up i go no okay they do know what they're doing they like you say like it was it, it sort of showed you as the record like we know what we're doing we're putting this in here on purpose this has a place this is this is here for a reason and it's and it's softer and it it serves its purpose and all of that sort of stuff but yeah it, i think it was me realizing like no this is intentional like they've they've the songs that were unlistenable for me were intentionally unlistenable. They were meant to be really like harsh on the ears and, and hard to enjoy if you don't like that sort of music versus like you see punk bands. Like I went to a lot of small local shows and you'd see these bands and you'd be like, you just don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like you've heard a punk record and gone, I don't need to know how to play my instrument. I just need to make noise. And that is not, again it sounds so fucking gatekeepery but like that's not what punk is punk isn't just making noise for the sake of making noise no music should be making noise for the sake of making noise and until interlude i think i was questioning whether that's what this band were and it was like the tracks like my displeasure and impulse control and concerning peace before that i was like well, i hope this is intentional and they've not just accidentally managed to write three good songs because at that point like they were a way sub 50 percent bat and average on good songs and interlude sort of said to me they know what they're doing this is an intentional record like this is the band that are not they're not pandering they're not writing songs that they think are going to sell because you can't write a song like found thinking you're going to be played on the big like on mainstream radio that is not happening i'd love to hear that on radio one. Oh, could you imagine or just could you imagine them being booked like for an indie festival or even a punk festival like that that's what's weird i don't know where you'd see these guys outside of their own shows because i don't know where they fit into i, I mean possibly they... a, i think i think there are a lot of festivals like there's the more sort of avant-garde type mm. like the, i think there are festivals that cater to stuff that is quite avant-garde or noise yeah. or whatever like I, there, there's definitely a home for them i don't think you'd be seeing them at big even big alternative festivals yeah um i do which think is a shame are. because i think actually put them on the, the right tent um like this is the kind of thing that I can imagine people being at like day two of day two or three of Glastonbury, um, fully sort of given into the kind of carnal atmosphere, coming across this in the right tent at the right time, even if it's not normally your cup of music, and just being like, wow, blown away by it. Actually, yeah. that's incredible. I would I would put them as a post a post headliner on a smaller stage. Like yeah. go and see like your I don't know, like I mean, someone like Bob Villain, like we've discussed them not on here but we've discussed in the past like i could see bob villain headlining a stage and then these guys coming on after and it's just that right time where you'd like you're fired up and then this steps that aggression and that passion up another level and you go oh yeah i like a bit of this and i think like it's we've said it multiple times already i think these are a band that would do much better live than they have done on record and i think we're talking about the vocals being quite low i think they've almost left them low or i found this that it was low because it was there wasn't a way to capture her intensity on record well and so instead of that they've just sort of 
push them down so when you do see them live that intensity is brand new for you might be wrong might be talking out my ass but like that is that is what i felt about it like it felt like a band that have gone come see us live and you'll know what we're about the record is there for you to listen to afterwards and to learn the words if you want that's a really interesting theory um I'm now itching to see them live. I'll, yeah. I'll be scouring it. Um, it's interesting you mentioned Bob Dylan as well, because I guess they're a band that combine the sort of punk, but then with the sort of sample drums and the sample bits, and they're a two-piece that kind of play with all of this backing track live and whatever. Um, they interestingly are a band who I much prefer live than on record as well. Um, I saw them supporting Amel and the Sniffers at Brixton Academy back in May, and they were absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah that's what made me think of it you telling me that you really like them live um was what made me sort of put them in that position like i love bob villain they're one of my favorite british bands and one of my favorite bands full stop but yeah the the live versus the on record is is another thing that works with them that is the same here i think yeah um you sort of touched on la blues before and we and we've kind of got just up to it in terms of the sort of chronological look at the record um, I think it would be worth going back to it. Um, you said that you you think it, it works, but it's too long and the fight, the kind of second half sort of slightly spoils it. Do you want to explain a little bit what you mean by that? Yes. Um, so it was, I like, it started out coming from interlude and it started out and I was really, really enjoying it. Um, I thought it like started really strong. It was, it had a little bit more rhythm that was missing on a lot of the other parts of the record and then after a few minutes i was like has a song changed no the song hasn't changed it's still going and it just it just felt a little bit repetitive for me towards the end um it's it's a very weird one like this is terrible considering what we're doing is listening to a record and talking about the record i could not tell you what happened after the third minute in that track all i remember was being like i'm still listening to this i'm still listening to this i'm still listening to this and then it was like immediate memory wipe like, you know, and you're like, if the purpose of this wasn't to only listen to it once, I'd have had to go back and listen to it again to work out what the hell had just happened. Yeah, it's really interesting because for me, it was almost the other way around. I think a lot of the music that I enjoy is music that takes stuff out and stretches out and goes for that repetition. So a lot of a lot of the stuff I like is stuff that kind of finds a groove and then sticks to it. And so I thought the longer the song went on, the more it kind of worked for me. And I, I, I even put in my notes, I could imagine this being sort of stretched out live and going on for even longer and sounding absolutely huge and being like a massive sort of rousing call to arms way of of sort of ending the set. Um, I think it's an interesting one. It's sort of, it is a bit easier and a bit more immediate in some ways than some of the other tracks on the record. It's got this sort of mid-paced kind of stomp of a drum beat and this, this I guess, the sort of slowest and simplest bass line on the record. It seems to be a sort of look at, I guess, like a neighbourhood in LA or something um, and the speaker sort of placing themselves in it. And then it seems to shift halfway through um, that these like soaring synths come in um, and, the, and the speaker says something like, do we really get stronger or do we stay the same? I have to believe that things will change. So it felt like, for me, it did do something different in the second half and it did shift. Um, 
So it's really interesting that like, I've gone, yes, I love it. I wanted it to be even longer. And you're like, oh, man, it outstayed. It's welcome. It's it's amazing. And we say this every week. But it's brilliant how we can have such different different responses. Um, we always ask good opener, good closer. I think we both agreed that the opener was underwhelming, like it started really well and then kind of fizzled out. I felt like this was a really epic and an and, and, and engaging and anthemic kind of way of closing the record. It sounds like you're a bit more equivocal on that. Um, I think possibly if I'd realised it was the last track on the record, it it would have had a different impact on me. Like I actually, despite not liking it, think it works as a closing track. Yeah, and I don't, I don't hate it. I just, I enjoyed the first half more than I enjoyed the second half, I think. And possibly that speaks to my limited attention span. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think I think actually as an album closer, and again, like you say, like I we keep coming back to it. These are definitely a band that some of these tracks work a lot better live because actually, do you know what? Yeah, stretch that out to 12, 15 minutes live, build it up, build it up, like make it louder and louder and louder, and like even speed it up, like keep building and make it faster and faster and faster. Like all those sort of really cool like live music tricks that you can't do on record would make this an awesome set closer. But it felt weird listening to it today as yeah. like a single listen um right let's let's take a quick break there will and then we'll come back and sort of chat a little bit more about some of the stuff that didn't work possibly and do a little overview of the record as a whole all right we are back um i say much much like how i feel about la blues we've we've waffled a bit on this um a lot about the the live feel of this band and stuff like that so we are um going to wrap up in in not too long a fashion is that the right way to say it probably not um we're not we're not going to drag this out another half hour is what i'm saying we're just going to sort of wrap up on a few of the the less palatable pieces and like i say sort of give an overview and, and chat a little bit about um how we felt about the record and the band and stuff and then close up for this week uh was there anything really like that you found that you didn't enjoy on this will or are you much more positive than i am i wouldn't say there was anything i actively disliked or actively didn't enjoy i felt there were tracks that were a bit more throwaway for me um i felt like herman's house which actually i realized as that one started playing that i have heard before i think it was in a spotify playlist like one of those you know discover weekly or whatever so i had heard it before and it didn't really go anywhere for me that was one of the ones that felt like a bit detached kind of art punk kind of it, it just didn't it didn't really do anything for me so that um i've said i found cherry blue intention started well and wasn't bad just didn't kind of go anywhere yeah. um but apart from that i have to say i thought the second half of the album is really strong like i would go back and listen to all of that i think probably yeah i think foul foul onwards i like i like it i think mm-hmm. it it has a formula but it does enough for there's enough variety i think even at its, as at its most abrasive moments i found it oddly beautiful and engaging um I, yeah I, I i think it sounds like from our discussion that i i i have been more more of a fan of this than you yeah and i say like i'm i actually think i i will enjoy this band live like i've said multiple times but i just there are certain things like i just don't understand on record um i've said this like like about a lot of stuff like i don't get this 
I'm going to say it. I've started it now. I don't get people who listen to like drum and bass and house music and stuff like that on their headphones by themselves. Like that's such fun music live, but like I don't understand. It. And this, this falls into that for me, which they do. They touch on like that house music. I think it's in Herman's house, but they've got a bit of like a housey dance vibe. And um, it's that sort of music that I just don't, I don't understand listening to by yourself on your headphones like it feels a very weird record to do that with but yeah there were there were bits i really enjoyed and there were bits i didn't like i said foul i didn't enjoy um i have zero recollection of love scene what <laughs> which is never a good I thing I, I feel like that was a sort of slower one um yeah, I think there was a line in there was a sort of spoken intro. Is something like, "Is this the aftermath of a natural disaster or a love scene?" Um, right. It felt like it was one of those ones which was decent enough, but it was it it was pretty throwaway from what I can remember of it in comparison to that really strong second half of the record. Yeah, that's I, I was just looking through and trying to work out where like, and I just looked at that and was like, I literally do not remember that track at all, which is is not necessarily a bad thing. Like, it means it wasn't bad it just means mm. i didn't it didn't stick with me which is like it's the case on every record i go back and i've listened to like like the wonder years is one of my favorite records and devil was proud one we covered is one of my favorite records and i realized there are songs on there that when we came to talking about it i sort of had no memory of from my first listen it's only on going back and listening to them that i ever <laughs> i've enjoyed them so that's possibly one that if i went back and listened to this would be a uh, a more enjoyable one i probably will give this one more go because i feel like i owe it i owe it to the band and i owe it to myself to to give it one more go with a a different head on my shoulders i don't know that it'll change my opinion of them but but i do like i i i form strong opinions i have strong opinions and um, if you know me as a person you know that i'm i'm quite set in certain things but i do like to give everything its chance like i'm not gonna go I didn't like that. It's I'm never listening to it again. Like I, I need to listen to this again to see if that's that's really how I feel about it, which I, I expect I will. I expect that I'm going to listen to this again and I'm going to have very similar things where I'm going to be like, well, oh, it's hard to get through the first few tracks. Midnight Legends pretty good. I don't know what's just happened. Kurdish Radio is weird, but I enjoy it. Nice couple of good punk tracks. All the interlude, they are musicians. And then why is this song eight minutes long? Is <laughs> It's basically my rundown of the record now and how I imagine I will feel on a second listen. We could have done that whole episode of the podcast a lot quicker if we just got you to do that. that (laughs) Some people listening are probably thinking, why didn't you? Yeah, just introduction, subscribe, describe your music taste. I do a two-minute rundown and then we end the podcast. That's it. It's it's not even really a podcast. It's just a single. Easier to fit the listening experience into a busy working day, to be fair. Yeah, have you you got any sort of final thoughts on the record? I've, I've kind of given mine there. I would say if you have listened to that and thought that doesn't sound like it's for me, it probably isn't going to be. That said, for for the kind of people who are into this sort of thing, I think it can be an incredibly rewarding listen. I will definitely be hitting play on this again. I really enjoyed it. And as I said, I will, I'm absolutely gagging to see them live. So I'll be um, keeping my eyes peeled for that. Any final comments from you, Sean? Yeah, it's very similar. I will definitely come see them live, but you're right. This is not, the sort of music that you you sell your friends on this is if you know someone that likes this they'll like it it's not one that i think i mean maybe i'm wrong but i can't imagine anyone i know turning to industrial punk from uh 
from this record um because i don't i don't quite think it's enough of an introduction i think it's more of a it's a very niche niche sounding record um and the people that i imagine listen to this sort of music already know about these guys um or if they don't maybe they are find them for the first time and that's really cool but yeah yeah it's not one that i would say rush out and play if you thought they said this song was uh so grinding sean nearly turned the record off right yeah <laughs> after knowing that some of the music i like is so abrasive it's that uh the sort of stuff your mum gets worried about you when you're listening to i think it's fair to say though that even the most aggressive abrasive stuff that you listen to still is relatively tuneful and it's yeah. relatively it's relatively mainstream you know it, we, we, we're, we're not we're not talking about um you know i, I think there is there, there's a there's a reasonable amount the dial could be turned yeah in terms of extremity um yeah. but be, be, before from what, what the stuff you're listening to to some of the music that gets made and people pay to listen to live or or yeah. have, have cds of yeah, I can I consider myself like a heavy music listener in in the mainstream. Like the stuff I listen to is very heavy for your day to day person. It's not heavy for the guy in a full face of death makeup and drinking bat blood and all of these various weird things that go on. Like, um, if you're into that, that's cool. I don't. I'm not judging you as long as you don't hurt anyone. That's fine. But yeah, um, yeah, I say yeah. That's my. I will give it one more listen. I would very much see them live um if, if they come near me and they're playing live especially if they've got bands that supporting bands i already like um i'll 100 see them live if they're a festival i would 100 go and see them because i think that would be very like really really good live there are plenty of bands that i've listened to like this on record that i've enjoyed much more live plenty of bands i've really enjoyed live that i've then gone and listened to a record and had very similar feelings as i do towards this one where i'm like oh my god this is awful um but live they were amazing so it's not to not to write them off for me but not not going to be one that i actively seek out their music online fantastic well i think that is the end of it um hopefully even if you don't think god that's a record i want to go and listen to you enjoyed listening to us waffling on about it i will let sean round things off by reminding you about how you can support the podcast Thanks, Will. Um, yeah, I say, same as at the start, it's very much a recap of please like subscribe on Apple Music uh, and Apple Podcasts and Spotify and anywhere else you listen to podcasts, Anchor FM, Stitcher, uh, I think iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. We're, we're basically everywhere now that you can listen to podcasts, as far as I know, or everywhere that our server provides the option for. Um, leave us ratings and reviews, share the records with your friends, share the podcast with your friends, listen to the records that we speak about as well um lots of the records we talk about are very good and very enjoyable and i think for the most part would would turn quite a lot of people onto some slightly more alternative music uh, yeah thank you very very much for listening today cheers will for choosing the record um i have picked next week's record out already um so if you are listening to this point as a spoiler we're, we're going to do the new arms length record next week and um, they're a slightly smaller smaller band so i imagine lots of people won't have heard of them but they're one that i really enjoy so i'm looking forward to listening to and talking about that with you next week will and that's it from me yeah till then thanks sean cheers bye